Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I want to thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for Jesus one more time all across this place. <clears throat> Awesome. We are so excited you guys are here and uh, kicking off our summer at TC series, which is always a blast. We have such a good time and uh, so many amazing things going on in Transformation Church. And uh, we also have some information. Make sure you grab some when you leave today. We've got handouts to just kind of give you the rundown on everything that's happening here at TC. I know for me, uh, through my teen years, I got into a little bit of trouble. Uh, my parents might say a lot of bit of trouble. Um, but I know I had gotten into, man, just trouble. I was going through a lot of things. And, and uh, I remember that there was this one, there was a, a moment when I was 15 years old where I went to a youth conference. And at that youth conference, God radically did something in my life. Uh, and in, at that youth conference, he called me to ministry when I was 15 years old. I didn't even give my life completely to the Lord until I was 17. So there was still two more years after that. that I was like, nah, right? Um, but I remember that was, a, that was a defining moment of my life at that youth conference. And so I'm a huge, I, I'm like, I had a huge passion uh, for seeing teenagers meet God in a special way because it's in those moments, man, where God can do so much in their lives. And so I, I want to start off by saying one of the things that's happening this summer is all of our students are going to the Motion Student Conference in Birmingham, Alabama. And... Um, <laughs> And I want to tell you right now, if you're a parent, get your teenager there, all right? So uh, get them there. Uh, if you're a teenager, get your parent to get you there, all right? Like whatever you got to do, register. I want to encourage you. I would register today. Um, if, if money is a problem getting teenagers there, please let us know, and we'll help figure out how to make that possible. But here, here's, the, here's the reality. Man, you're going to invest in their baseball and in their soccer and in their cheerleading and in their swimming. You're going to invest in uh, all the other things of their life. You need to be investing in their spiritual life as much as you invest in their basketball basketball and everything else. I'm not saying they don't need to play those sports. What I'm saying is those sports one day are going to end, but their spiritual life with your investment will be something that lasts forever. And I'm going to tell you, like I said earlier, it was in those moments that God called me to ministry. So we, the next worship leader or pastor of Transformation Church could be on that trip this summer. Like we, you don't know what God's going to do. And so I want to press to you, parents and teenagers, get to the Motion Conference and let it be a catalyst that changes your life, your family's life, and the teenagers' lives. All right. So please make sure you do that because it's big. So scan the QR code, go do whatever you got to do, get there. Uh, Nate is uh, going to be at the TV in the lobby after the service if you have questions as a parent, but get them there because we, we want to see what God's going to do in your, in your teenager's life, in your student's lives. All right, so make that happen. But yes, I grew up struggling because I got into trouble. Like I, I, I was like, man, kind of in that place. But part of what was hard for me as a teenager uh, and really just growing up in general, and, and, and if I were honest, I think it followed me into my adult years as well, was this feeling that God was the big guy in the clouds that only felt disappointment towards me because I could never get it right. Like I felt like I was kind of living in the shadow of anger, right? He's just this angry person that's just like ready to hit me with a stick every time I do something wrong, right? Like that was kind of how I felt growing up. And, and what I realized is that shaped a lot of things. Matter of fact, like I, I, they put on the screen, I, I always felt like the only way God and I were on the same page uh, was knowing how much of a disappointment I was. So it was like the only time I knew me and God were thinking the same thing about me was when I was thinking about how bad I was messing up, right? But the reality is this, 
we desire and God desires that you would know him differently. Matter of fact, if we could change how we view God, we could change a lot about how we approach God. And so I'll put it to you this way. How you view God, right, will dictate how you approach him. So if you view him as an angry guy in the clouds, guess how you're going to approach him? Like he's an angry guy in the clouds, right? And so you're going to come in, uh, I don't know, uh, God. Uh, but what if, what if you viewed him as a loving father ready to give good things to his children? And you approached him as a loving father that could give good. Like what could change if we approached God, if we viewed God differently, it could change how we approach God. And if it changed how we approach God, it could change everything about our Christian journey. And so God desires that we would know him. And in Genesis 2, 9, right, uh, it says uh, that that in the middle of the garden, he placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, right? Now, growing up, when I thought of the book of Genesis, I always thought that God planted a garden and he planted one tree and was like, don't touch it. Anybody else, right? Like, he was like, there's a tree there. Don't you eat that tree. Right. That was how I viewed. Uh, and, you know, and then like there's Eve with the apple and she's like, you know, whatever. Uh, but like, so I viewed it that way for so long. But the Bible says he planted two trees in the garden. He planted the tree of life and then he pr- planted the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And, and essentially, uh, I think for many of us, we think of our Christian journey as either you're doing good things or you're doing bad things. But, but what we actually see in the in book of Genesis is you could actually be pursuing God, but pursuing him the wrong way. Like there's the tree of life, which is freedom and hope. But you could also be trying to pursue God, but only going after the knowledge of God, not actually knowing God. And I believe many people, the reason they, why they are where they are is they have a knowledge of God that brings law, but they don't have any way that they know God, which brings love. So, so we live under the law and the rules, but we don't experience the grace and the love. And that's what it creates a difficult perspective for us, because as long as we're viewing God as someone that's always disappointed in us, we're always seeing ourselves as inadequate and inferior. But the reality is God actually desires that we would know him. And if we would pursue him out of the tree of life, it would change how we view God. And that's why it says in verses 15 through 17, he says, don't eat of that tree. God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat fruit of every tree in the garden, except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you are sure to die. And I don't think that was a physical death. Obviously, what it was, it was a death to their hopes, a death to their dreams, a death to the life they thought was possible. It was a death to their freedom. It was a death to pursuing God. It was a death to living freely with God under grace. It was a a death to the connection they could have to him. It wasn't a physical death. It was death to everything that was possible because they were connected to God. And as soon as they ate of the fruit, now they weren't connected to God. And the reality is this, God desires to have that relationship with us. He wants us to be, he wants us to know him. And that's so important. And the reason there's, I've kind of checked with people. And there's a lot of reasons why people don't feel like they can actually know God. And some of them we wanted to give to you real quick. First one is, I never feel good enough to come to God. Some people said, I just never, I never feel good enough. I don't feel like I can come to the Lord. I feel like if I do, I'm kind of coming in, like we said earlier, to the angry man in the clouds type of thing. Um, the other thing some people said is, I've got to fix these areas of my life so I can be a Christian. And well, can I tell you something? You don't fix yourself to be a Christian. You come to God, 
He sets you free, and he'll help you fix some things, right? But if there are any fishermen in the house, you, how many of you know you don't clean the fish before you catch it, right? And so some of us, are, we're trying to let God get us, we're trying to clean ourselves up before we come to God. And we tell you, you come to God, and he'll help you get some things cleaned up, right? And so we got to make sure we get the order right. But that only happens if we're coming to the tree of life, if we're coming out of him in a life, not just with knowledge. And I believe some of us know, we, we know people growing up that, that knew a lot about God, but when you reflect, you don't know that they actually knew God. Because people that know a lot about God place a lot of rules and restrictions on people, but people that actually know God help people get free. And so you might have known religious people who were checking boxes, right? But they're also some of the angriest, bitterest, most unforgiving people you've ever known. I think it's because they approach God out of the tree of knowledge, but they never experienced the tree of life. And listen, I believe you could even have good intentions trying to pursue God out of the tree of knowledge. I want to know more about him. But if you never experience life, you're never free to live the way God designed you to live. And so that's why it's so important. And in Romans 7, verses 18 through 19, Paul kind of speaks to what we just talked about as far as feeling like i got to get myself together before I can come to Jesus. And he says this, maybe some of you can relate to this. He says, I want to do what is right. But I can't. Anybody? I want to do what is good, but I don't. Anybody cut you off in traffic before? I want to do the good thing, Lord. I want to do the good thing, but this red Honda. You know what I'm Sorry if you drive a red Honda. That was just a car pick, right? I don't want to do what is wrong, but I do it anyway. Now, for the record, he wrote half of the New Testament. So if God used him that way, and this is how he was talking, maybe you should give yourself a little grace and start approaching God to help you move through some things rather than feeling like you got to get it together better than even Paul did, right? Other people have said this. They said, I've got too much to fix before God can use my life. In other words, I'm coming to God, but I, he can't do anything with my life because i got too many things i got to get together. Like, we're just not there yet. And Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are God's masterpiece. Say masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So he does desire that we would do good things with our life, right? So we're his masterpiece, right, designed to do good works Here's the good part, which he prepared in advance for us to do. So here's the way I'll put it. If God knew you were going to fail and still saw you as a masterpiece, knowing you were going to fail and still designed to do great things with your life, with your failures in mind, maybe you should let yourself go from some of the things in your past so God can do some things with your future. So he knew, he, he planned long before we ever messed up. He planned that we were gonna, he was going to do good things for our lives. So maybe we should just surrender to that, right? And at Transformation Church, we want every person, we believe the Bible lays out that every person should go on a four-step journey. There's four things that God wants you to experience in your life. The first one is that you would know God. It's very simple. You would know him. Because if you don't know him, nothing else matters, right? And so you, got, you need to know God. You need to have a relationship with God. But the next thing God desires for your life, and how many of you grew up like me, like well, that was the only thing on the list? You feel like, just, all right, I know, all right, you get saved, all right, I know God, now what? And they're like, just hang on till Jesus comes, man. 
<laughs> I mean, like grin and bear it, <laughs> you know, suffer for the Lord, right? So, uh, and you're like, there, there's not more to this? Nope, nothing more, right? We'll see you next week. And you're like, I don't know. All right, so um, that, was, that was the way, like, I kind of felt like it was pitched to us growing up. I don't know that anyone said that, but that was definitely the way it felt, right? Now that you know God, just don't do the bad stuff. Try to do the good stuff and try to, like, hit the rapture at the right moment, timed out between those two things, and you should be good. But that's not the way God desires us to live. We're laughing because it's true, all right? But he doesn't just want us to know him. Here's the deal. He wants us to know God, but then he wants us to find freedom. He wants us to find freedom. There are things in your life God wants out of your life. And I'm not talking about your behavior habits necessarily. There probably are some of those. But I'm talking about the mentalities of bondage that you still have, that maybe God got you out of them, but he's still got to get them out of you. And so there's freedom in your life, but can I, I want you to pay attention. The order matters because some of you are trying to find freedom before you can know God, but you've got to know God before you can find freedom. And then the third thing that God wants, and for, for the record, next week, we're going to be dealing with freedom. Uh, the third thing that God wants for us is that we would discover the purpose, discover purpose. God, God made you for a reason and he wants to release that reason and use that <clears throat> to number four, make a difference in the lives of other people. So, so it's not hang on till Jesus comes. It's act like, walk like, and show other people Jesus until Jesus comes. It's make a difference with your life. Let your life count for something. Are you going to fail? Of course. But that's the good part. Because we know God, we don't have to be afraid of our failures. We just need to come to our Father. Right? And so, so God desires that for us. That's why Ephesians 1.17, which is the verse for today, talking about knowing God. He says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ and the glorious Father may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may, say those two words, know him better. That you would know him better, right? And so God has a desire that we would know him. And knowing him changes everything. And so to give you, I just want to give you a few things about knowing God this morning to help you on this journey. And the first thing I want you to understand is knowing God is far less about knowledge and far more about connection. It's far less about knowledge and far more about connection. How many of us know a grandma or a neighbor or someone we grew up close to that they knew a lot about the Bible, but it was obvious their heart never knew God? Or at least it, I wouldn't say it's obvious, but the fruit doesn't speak to that. Because knowing God means the spirit, uh, the fruits of the spirit are evident, which is peace, joy, love, kindness, goodness, self-control. I know a lot of people that know a lot about scripture, but they lack joy, peace, kindness, goodness, self-control. Like, you know, like, and so what is it? They got knowledge, but they haven't been transformed yet, right? Now, that's not everyone, but we can all think of at least somebody where we're going, man, they are so bitter, we can all think of someone that if non-people meet them, they're like, if that's what a Christian is, I don't want to be a Christian, right? And so we need to assess, knowing God changes us, right? Because we're connected. It's about connection more than it's about knowledge. Because if you only know about God, but you don't actually know God, you're living in law, not love. You're living in rules, not relationship, right? You're trying to come to him and hit all the checklists, but you're not coming him for connection because God's a, a father that wants to speak over us. He wants to give good things to his children. When I say good things, I'm not necessarily talking about houses and cars. I'm talking about peace and joy, right? Like, and so God desires to be that for us. That's Matthew 7, 24 through 27 actually unpacks what it looks like to have a foundation built on God. 
built on actually knowing God. And let's go there together. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now, here's the question I have for you. Did both men get to build a house? So, so you could build a house, so let's replace house with life. You could, whether you build it with God or you build it without God, you can still build a life. But which one's going to last? And that's the question we need to ask ourselves about knowing God. So could someone not know God and still build a life? Yes. It's just that there are some winds coming. Come on, somebody, right? How many guys know life has a way of blowing winds, right? Life has a way of letting rain fall. Life has a way of letting things crash. Like life has a way of getting things in the way. Life has a way of bringing storms to you. And it's not whether or not you can build a life without God. It's whether or not you could build a life without God that's going to last when things get hard. That's what we have to realize. So both men get to build houses, but only one gets to last. That's why it's so important that we be connected to God. Not just know about him, be connected to him. Which brings me to the next thing, is that knowing God is about his purpose. His purpose, more than it's about the life I'm building. It's about his purpose for your life. It's about what he desires to do in your life. It's about his agenda for your life. Anybody ever set out to do something great with your life and not consulted God on it before? Right? Anybody ever like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, and then you try to do it, and it doesn't go well, and then you're asking God to fix the mess you created? All right? Only seven of us. The rest of you are just lying. Okay, so... How many guys have ever, like, if you're anything like me, I have a bad habit of telling God all the things I'm going to do, not asking God any of the things he wants me to do. And that's why it's so important that I pay attention. Knowing God, it's about his purpose for my life. And as long as I'm pursuing his purpose for my life, guess what? The life that I'm building is now the life he desires for me to build. So all that to say, should you pursue goals and dreams and ambitions and all those things? Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, God desires that we be world changers. So we should pursue all of those things. We should pursue all of those things knowing what he built us for. His purpose is better than the life that I'm building. That's why in 1 Corinthians 3.11, it says like this, For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. In other words, if you try to create a foundation for yourself, you're always going to fail or it's always going to fall apart. And it may stand up like the house on the sand for a little while, but eventually the winds will come, the streams will rise, and eventually it'll come crashing down. That's why his purpose is greater than our plan. And we have to surrender our desires to God, despite how hard that is. Anybody struggle with that like me, right? Or it's like, I have, I, I got great plans, and like I said, I'm, I'm one of the worst ones about being like, all right, God, we're doing this. And then we try to do it. And six months later, I'm like, God, I am tired. And I am burnt out. 
right? I'm so like, like I'm, I'm so uh, like hurting and I feel like no one appreciates me and I feel like this is just hard and I don't know what you're doing and I feel like you are far from me and I feel like everything we're trying to build right now, you're just like not there and God's like, yeah, 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 no, 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 you left me a long time ago. Not spiritually, just my plan. God's like, I was never involved in that. Come on, some of y'all tried to date somebody. <laughs> right? Some of y'all tried to pursue a relationship before. You're like, God, this is going to be great. And God's like, oh, word. <laughs> You're like, God, let this work. And God's like, I'm never going to let that work because it would destroy you. What you think is good is not God sometimes. And sometimes God has to let us hurt so that we could set in with some humility to realize, let me come back to what you built me for and step away from all the things I'm trying to make happen on my own. Again, it's a good thing that you work. It's a good thing you pursue. It's a good thing that you're ambitious. It's a good thing you do all those. Do all of them within the parameters that God has a purpose for you that he's built you for. And then it'll flourish, right? And so we have to pursue his purpose. But then the next thing is knowing God isn't just about knowing him. It's about being known by him. I'm going to say it again. Knowing God isn't just about knowing him. It's about being known by him, right? Because we have to, I can come in and I can, I can know God, but I need God to know where I'm at. I need, I need to know, I need to have a confidence that God knows who I am, that God knows where I am, right? And, and uh, I, I know for me, uh, so I, I got to meet a famous person. I'm not often starstruck by famous people. So like if I meet a famous person, I'm like, oh, look at that. And I've met a number of them either by accident, coincidence, or stalking. Okay, so I've met a number of... <laughs> Famous people. And so um, my, my wife is like, she's easily star show. Oh my gosh, there they are. And I was like, well, let's go say hey to him. She's like, Wait, no, <laughs> you can't just do that. And I'm like, they're eating Sbarro's right now. We can go say hey to him if we want to, right? Like, <clears throat> and so I'm not easily starstruck. But how many guys know when you see someone, if, if you've ever met a famous person or someone you admired, when you see them, the approach to getting to talk to them helps you get mentally ready for the moment you're about to have, right? So I had a moment where I did not get that opportunity. And so uh, I got to meet Dave Grohl, the uh, lead food, uh, singer for the Foo Fighters, uh, who is not a worship band, by the way. So don't go looking up that music. Uh, <laughs> So, but as a musician who's played drums all over and, and all that, like, I, I, I can admire great other musicians, right? And so, um, Dave Grohl, so uh, I was playing drums for an artist who uh, was actually, he was the lead guitar player for Air Supply in the 80s, okay? And so, yeah, I, there you go. Yeah, seven, eight of you know who that is. Good for you. All right, so, uh, so uh, I was playing drums for him, and, uh, and, and so Dave Grohl, so uh, David, the guy I was playing drums for, was one of Dave Grohl's heroes when he was growing up. And so he found out Dave was in town. And so we're all sitting in the green room backstage, getting ready to go. I got great are you Lord on my mind. Okay. Like, so I'm in worship mode in walks Dave Grohl. And it was one of those like, come on, you ever had one of those moments? Like anybody else see this right now? Like anybody? It was one of those moments. So he walks in and he's kind of freaking out because he's meeting the guy that I'm, I don't freak out over this guy, but he kind of is. And then I'm freaking out over this guy. And, like, and so it was just like a thing. And so um, I didn't have a chance to prepare my thoughts. Right. And so the only thing that came out of my mouth was, do you know who you are? <laughs> I was like, I was like, do you know who you are? <laughs> And I'm going to leave out some of the words he said, but 
the long and short of it was, he was like, I'm Dave Grohl. And I was like, okay, cool, 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 cool. Sorry, we're all on the same page. I just wanted to make sure we're here uh, together. And uh, can I tell you something? I know quite a bit about Dave. Right, like he was the drummer for Nirvana when Kurt Cobain died. He uh, almost gave up on music and then decided, uh, I've got these songs, I want to write them. And so he recorded an album. He played all the uh, instruments and sang on their original album. Uh, and then he recruited a band, launched it, and now he's like just a huge deal in the, the music world. And I know a lot about Dave. Can I tell you something? I don't know Dave. I don't know him, right? I remember that thing from a few years back. He does not, other than maybe the guy that asked me if I knew who I was. That, like, that might be the limit of our, his knowledge of me. I know a lot about him. I don't know him. And I think there's a lot of us that are approaching God the same way. Like we, we know a lot about God, but you know God the way I know Dave. I met him once, and we had a conversation, right, but I don't know him. And can I tell you something? God desires that you would know him. And I, I, and even, I, I can even hype up, like, I know Dave. I don't know Dave, but I could hype it up. But guess what? I can promise you, Dave don't know me. <laughs> and it's one thing for you to know God. Listen, it's a whole different thing for God to know you. To be known, knowing. One of the most beautiful things that happens when you know God is you have a confidence that God also knows you. Right? Could you imagine if I saw Dave tomorrow and like ran up to him like we were boys? I would get tackled or tased. You know what I'm talking about? Because like, like, the deal because I don't know him. But when it comes to God, you can know him. And you can be known by him. He can know where every star belongs in the sky and also know your name. We can know God. And that's the beauty. That's what's so important about knowing him isn't just about knowing him. It's about being known by him. 2 Timothy 2.19, it says, but God's firm foundation stands. Bearing this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. So can I even give you this confidence? In the moments where you weren't sure where God was, God knew exactly where you were. Because he knows you. And part of knowing God and being known by God, I want to give this to you. Because I think this is so important, especially in 2023 in the 21st century where, where we've really seen this get gray. Is that it's not just knowing God. It's not just being known by God. But this is an important distinction. Knowing God is truly knowing Jesus Christ. So like in conversations, people are like, I know God. And it's like, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. They're like, well, I, I mean, I just know God. If you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. That's just simple. If Jesus isn't the Lord of your life, you don't know God. You may just know about God. If Jesus isn't who you're surrendered to, you can, have a, you can be living out of the tree of knowledge without living out of the tree of life. And so you, you have to truly know Jesus to truly know God. And this is an important, it may sound elementary, but this is an important distinction because uh, there's a number of religions out there that claim to know God, but they don't know Jesus. And if you don't know Jesus, you don't know God. That's why John 10, 27-29, Jesus says, My sheep hear my voice. Like when you belong to Jesus and he speaks to you, you know Jesus is speaking. They hear my voice and I know them. 
Come on. It's not just enough to know him. It's enough for him to know you. And they follow me. So we can hear God. He can know us. And we follow Jesus. And he says, I give them eternal life and they will never perish. And this next part is really important because he says, and no one, say no one. No one will snatch them out of my hand. There's beauty in that, friend, because you're worried about, you're worried about losing something that Jesus gives us a confidence we shouldn't be worried about losing. We shouldn't be frightened or scared or troubled over losing Jesus. We should just be passionately in love with following him. Knowing him, letting it stir our hearts. And Jesus goes on to say, I and the Father, we're one. Right? We're, we're, to, we're together. You don't, you don't get to know God and not know me, right? And, and how many guys have ever thrown a party before? You ever thrown a party before? I'm not a party thrower. I hate parties. I'm just going, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not a big party thrower. I'm the most like non-hospitable person you've ever met in your life. If you come to my house and my wife is not there, you can be like, can I get a drink? I'm like, yeah. They're out there. Right? Like, I'm just not good at that. My wife, amazing. If you even hint to her, you're thinking about a party. She's like, I got games, decorations. We got a garage full of stuff she can hang on your wall right now for your party. All right? that's, she, that's the way she operates. She, just give her a reason. Give her a reason. She'll throw you a party. Right? Like, she's that type of person. I'm not that person. I'm not hospitable. But I want you to think for a second with me. Just, just kind of go in your imagination. I want you to imagine that you, you, you had a best friend that moved away. You were really, really close and they moved back and now they live here again and they don't really know a lot of people. So, so what you're going to do is you're going to throw them a party. Right? And so you're, what are you going to do? You're going to go out. You're going to buy all the food. You're going to buy the decorations. You're going to make it all pretty. You're, gonna, you're getting all this stuff put together. Right? You, you invited all these people. Right? Friday, be here at 6 because they're going to be here at 6.30. It's going to be a big party. Big surprise. It's going to be awesome. Right? 6.30 rolls around. They ain't there. 6.35 rolls around. Not there. 6.45 rolls around. Not there. And all I'm thinking is these chicken tenders are getting cold, man. 6.45 rolls on. They're not there. And then, so you call them. Hey, where you at? I thought you were coming over uh, for dinner. Because they, they don't know about the party. I thought you were coming over. Ah, you know what? I got, I got off of work. I'm still in my uniform. My hands are dirty. I just, I, I'm, I'm just going to go home. How would you feel? Be like, uh, uh, nah. You need to get here, right? Like, what, what do you, I, we don't, I don't care that you're in your uniform. Just get over here, right? You can wash your hands when you get here. Like, just, just, just get here, right? Because in your mind, I got, we did all this so that you could get, just get here. And I think that's exactly how Jesus is looking at a lot of us. Because we're sitting here going, like, G, G, Jesus paid the price. He went through everything he went through so that you could come close to God. He, he paved the way. He created the opportunity. He's saturated us with grace. He's given us the opportunity for forgiveness. And some of us are going, yeah, but I got this shame I'm still wearing. I just don't think I can come. He'd say, just come anyways. Just get over here. We'll figure that out. You're like, man, I still got some things on my hands I haven't been able to get off yet. You can clean them when you get here. Just get here, right? Jesus is looking at us going, he, he's created the opportunity for you to enjoy the presence of God. And some of us are feeling so terrified. I can't know God because I got all the Jesus saying, just get here. We'll figure all that out. I'm not worried about what you're wearing. I'm not worried about the fact that your hands are still dirty. I'm not worried about the fact you still got these things going on. I'll help you with those things. I just need you to get here. 
And if we would get here, man, God could do some amazing things in our life, but that's how we would know him. And so what do we do? We have to come to God and see what he could do in our lives and know that he could do great things. That's why knowing Christ lets you walk in grace. Say grace. Knowing Christ lets you walk in grace so that sin and shame aren't barriers to God's love and freedom in your life. When we walk in grace, we get to not have to deal with all of those things. God's going to help us deal with those. It's not about getting those together so we can come to God. It's coming to God so he can help us get those things together. That's why John 4, 6 says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father unless it's through me. You want to know God? Just come to me, Jesus says, and I'll connect you. I've paved the way. I've made it possible, right? And so as I started thinking through this about you knowing God, uh, I, I was, so over the last six weeks, uh, I love golf. I've been playing a lot of golf. Me and Nate play a lot of golf. This past Friday, uh, me, Nate, True, Leonard, some of the guys in the church, we all went and played golf. And, and I'm here to make an announcement to you. My golf game has gone to absolute trash over the last six weeks. It's terrible. It's really bad. It's embarrassing, right? And so... Uh, so so bad that what I started doing is like getting on Instagram and looking up like tips to help. That's not helpful at all. Because uh, now I got 400 things to look at like this is wrong and this is wrong. I'm like this and the thing and the do and the, like, and then, like turn your angles and your feet and your hips and your shoulders and hold it this way and your wrists. And so I'm like, I'm out there like, you know, like I can't get it figured out. Like, it, like I'm looking at all these things that I feel like I'm doing wrong and I'm checking all these. And it's like, it's just it bad. And so I went out to the driving range the other day just trying to like, I got to get this figured out, right? And so, because uh, I really like golf and I don't want to be bad at it. All right, so uh, I went out there and I was getting the guy next to me and he was like, he was, he, I could tell he'd been playing a while. And so he was like, what are you doing? And I'm like, man, I'm trying to get this figured out. And so I'm, uh, you know, he's like, well, what are you painting? And so I'm like, I'm trying to make sure I don't do this and I don't do this and I don't do this and I don't do this. My hand and ankles and hip and turn and thing and shoulders and but, like, and I'm like, literally, I'm like going, he's like, it sounds like you're trying not to do a lot. Why don't you just make sure you do the five things that matter most? And I was like, I got to preach in a week and I need to write that down. Because <laughs> I think that's exactly how some of us are with God. We're trying to make sure we don't do this and 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 we don't do this. We do this and like our life is facing this way. And we're Can I tell you something? What if you, what if you thought about this? Start pursuing the right thing rather than just trying to fix all the wrong things. And what if, you let your, what, what if you let knowing God, which is the right thing, what if that just started fixing all of those wrong things? And now all of your effort is put into the thing that matters the most, right? That's why Deuteronomy 30, 19, he says, today I ask heaven and earth to be witnesses, right? I'm now offering you life or death, blessings or curses, now choose, what is that word? Life. In the book of Genesis, there was a tree of knowledge of good and evil and the tree of life. Choose life. It's not just about sin and not sin. Sometimes it's just your approach to knowing God. You can know him or you can know him. And this way, knowing him relationally changes who you are. And so that's the most important thing we could do. And I think that as I put this in your notes as we close, if we see grace as a gift 
that changes us rather than a paycheck for good works. We could experience the free life in Christ and we could lead others there too. So why don't we start putting our attention on knowing God? And as we do that, we can see God set us free to live a life for him, but also connect other people to it as well. That's amazing. And that's the free life God wants for us. I wanna invite you into that. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. God, we thank you that hope can arise in our hearts when we know you. God, not just know about you, but actually know you. Knowing you is key because when we know you, we know that you know us. When we know you, we know that we can follow you. So God, I pray that you would prompt our hearts to say yes to living out of the tree of life, not just living out of the tree of knowledge, God. Both of them can look like they're pursuing you, but only one of them actually knows you. And so God, I pray right now that we would be connected to you. Our hearts would be prompted to say yes to you. And Father, that you would set us free to pursue a life with you and be connected to you. And in doing so, God, we know that you'll do amazing things in our life and we'll do amazing things connected to you as well. For anyone in this room, God, that's been struggling with this idea of knowing you because they know about the things in their own lives, God, I pray you show them that it's not about getting right to come to God. It's about coming to God so that you can help get same things right. Because of grace, we can know you. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, if you're here today, you say, Brad, I, I, I want to know God. The beauty of the gospel is though sin separated us from God, when Jesus died on the cross, he paid for those sins. And because Jesus died on the cross and resurrected, you can know God. And today, if you wanna know him, all it takes is that you would put your faith in Jesus Christ, your belief that when he died, he did in fact pay for your sins. And today, if you're ready to make that step, I wanna invite you to pray this prayer with me. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer just puts words to what you're believing. And that's that Jesus is now the Lord of your life and that you're putting your faith in him. So let's pray and the whole church will pray with you. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. I forgive you my sins. I forgive you for my wrongs. I give you my life. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So make me brand new. Give me a fresh start and I'll worship you forever. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. TC, let's give it up for all those that pray that. We welcome you. It's amazing. Celebrate with you. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. Mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.